Amen. Man, passion fruit. Who's excited for this? Awesome. Listen, we focused on practice, and um, practice was a bunch of fun. Uh, practice was mainly talking about taking what you hear and putting it into work and, and putting what you know into practice. And, um, you know, there's a couple things we said, what to practice, how to practice. And that was really, really awesome. Um, but the thing is, you cannot preach practice and not preach passion. That's like preaching white rice and, and not preaching beans. It's like, it's like preaching black people and not preaching loud music. I'm, I'm like 5% black, y'all, just in case I was wondering. And if I'm not, I'm making it up, but I, I swear I am. You cannot talk about practice and not talk about passion. Because when you have a room full of people who know how to practice, but they don't have no passion, you know, you're building a church that's based off religion and not relationship. There has to be a reason to my practice. I'm not just practicing. I'm not just doing something because it's the first 15, it's what I do. I'm doing it, yeah, because I want to do it and I got to do it, but because I know why I'm doing it, it makes the difference. It, it's why I get up in the morning and I pray. It's why I do my soaps. It's why I come here even when it's raining on a Friday night in the middle of the summer where I should be watching Netflix. I should be at a, a pizza party somewhere. I should be sleeping, but I'm in the house of God because my passion brought me here. My passion, bring, your passion brings you somewhere. Practice holds you, it sustains you. We said practice fights your sin. And I believe in that. But passion is what pushes you. You know what I pray all of us do these next couple weeks? We dive into the passion pit. Dive into the passion pit. Here's a good question. It's not even in my notes. Why are you a Christian? If you cannot answer that question from a point of passion, then these next couple weeks are for you. Why are you here? Why are you Christian? Why do you believe in a God you cannot see? And I'm asking you this as your pastor, but the world asks you this. They ask you this all the time. Why do you, why do you praise a God you can't see? Why are you here tonight? Why do we come to church week in and week out? That answer must be from a place of passion. Because if it's from a place of practice, then you are not serving God. You're serving your idea of God. Religious people, they go to church. I love, I love Joey said a couple weeks ago, they got the CEOs, the Christmas and Easter only Christians. They only come in, in special uh, religion. It's, it's time for me to go. Why do you go? Because this is what I do. I grew up doing this. This is what I do. We go on Easter. We go on Christmas. We go on Mother's Day. I pray every morning. Okay, why do you do it? Because this is what I do. I saw my mom do it, so now I do it. This is what I do. Okay, why do you do it? Because this is what I do. Wrong answer. Why do you do it? Because I love Jesus. And I'm passionate for Jesus. And you know what? I'm passionate for what he is passionate about. Better question, why do you love people? That's the same question. 
Why are you Christian? And why do you love people? And why do you tithe? And why do you come to church? All those questions have the same answer. I'm passionate for Jesus. I'm passionate for what he loves. I love what he loves. I'm about what he is about. Passion. Passion will push you. Passion will take you places you don't want to go. Passion will put you in situations where your flesh says to run out, but the spirit says to stay. Passion will take you places. Passion will push you. Passion will lead you into practice. You can't talk about practice and not talk about passion. So these next couple of weeks, y'all, we're going to be diving into the passion pit. Getting passionate about God, the things of God. Getting passionate about people. Getting passionate about what Jesus wants to get passionate about. Because you know what? Without passion, you are just a religious person. You're what the Bible calls a Pharisee. You know all the, you know, you got knowledge. You know Bible. You know the law. But Jesus, the Pharisees, it, it amazes me. They knew the law. They knew the Bible. And the Savior of the world came and went right in front of their eyes. They didn't even see him. They put him on a cross. Because they knew, and they have religion down, but they didn't have relationship down. My sermon title tonight is Passion Fruit Juice. Right? That's my favorite juice. I think it's the Welch's brand. Oh, God. I drink that whole little cart by myself, like four cups, down it quick. So part of the reason why that's the sermon title is because I love to drink. But here's the thing. Y'all, passion, it's beautiful. Passion is amazing. I love seeing young people that are passionate. What? Passion is beautiful. But here's the thing. Just like most gifts you receive, it could be intended for good, but it can be used for bad. Passion is a gift that can be used incorrectly. Do you hear me tonight? Passion is a, is a gift that can be used incorrectly. There's it, two babies. Example, there's two babies. You give one a bunch of blocks, time of their life. They build, stack, ah, build, stack, ah, you know, having so much fun. Give baby number two, give baby number two an iPad. Like a newborn, like, they're gonna break this thing. And we're like, oh my God, you don't know what you can do with that. Come on. Passion is the same way. You can take passion and use it for good, but you can also take passion Use it incorrectly. Use it for bad. So I want to talk about passion tonight. I'm going to read from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 to 4. Man, I'm telling you straight up, you guys better take notes on these verses tonight because these verses are cutthroat tonight. They are, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to ease up these words and, and filter them with the grace of God, all right? <laughs> Come on. So, so if you... Anybody need some cutthroat Jesus in the house tonight? Anybody need some cutthroat? A little rough. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. Pause. For a time is coming where people will come to church, hear a message, and they cannot sit still. 
a time is coming where people will come into the house of God, listen to the words of the preacher, and begin to grind their teeth and begin to push their neighbor and begin to make some noise because they cannot stand the words of God. A time is coming. I believe the time is now. A time is coming. I'll, but, but they cannot endure sound teaching, but they have itchy ears. Itchy ears. Something's itchy when you don't like it. And listen, sometimes the word of God isn't always pleasing to your ears. But that is because God is challenging you to make a decision. God has challenged your passion to move in a different direction. Itchy ears. Itchy ears. That's to someone who can't take correction. You got some itchy ears. Some of y'all spiritually, your ears are bleeding. And you're trying to move on in Jesus. But, but uh, I love my neighbor as I love my... Uh, preach to everybody. Even the people like, hey, uh, itchy ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. They will find teachers to accumulate their own passions. Hashtag going church hopping until the pastor you find preaches a word that you like. Hashtag, hashtag finding an environment that feels good to your passions. There will come a day and they will turn away from listening to the truth. And they will wander off into their own myths. Listen, if you want God and all of God, let's throw this up. Your passion for things must surrender to your passion for Jesus. I skipped a couple, couple there. <laughs> Sorry about that. Your passion for things must surrender to your passion for Jesus. There's good passion and there's bad passion. You can be passionate for God and have another passion waiting, at, waiting for you after church. You can have a passion for Jesus, and once you walk out these doors, there's another passion that's tugging on you. It's pushing you. Passion is good. Sometimes passion is bad when it's used incorrectly. So I'm going to give you three tips tonight on how to keep your passion pure. Is that fun? Is that cool? How do I keep my passion pure? How do I keep my passion in line with God? Number one, ask God correctly. And this point is literally pulled away from, from the next verse I'm going to talk about. But number one, how do you keep your passion pure? You need to ask God correctly. Here's what I mean, James 4. You ask and you do not receive. There are some prayers that God won't give you some prayers you're waiting for God to answer he won't give you here's why because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions you ask there's another verse in the Bible that says ask and you shall receive oh we run with that verse right oh God I need a Bentley Lord ask and you shall receive Lord I want that girl right now ask, and I shall receive 
Oh, Lord, give me that job. Lord, ask, and you shall receive. But James 4, 3 says you ask and you don't receive because you're using the wrong passion to ask me. That other verse they're talking about, that only works when your passion is aligned with the passion of Jesus. That verse, that verse only works when your mind is in the same mindset of Jesus. But when it's according to what you want, when it's according to what you think is right, and when you think it feels good, your passions aren't always godly. So the Bible says you do not receive because you ask wrongly. You thought God holding blessings was a curse. You thought God not giving you everything you asked for was a curse. It's a blessing in disguise. You're asking for something that's going to put you further away from Jesus. You want to keep your passion pure? You need to learn how to ask God the right questions. You need to learn how to pray the right prayers. Instead of God, give me this, God, give me that. God, what do you want from me? What do you want from me in this season of my life? What are you asking me for? What do you want me to die to? Ask and you shall receive. Don't ask God for what you want. Ask God for, for what he wants. And if you're in here tonight and you're saying, man, I've been asking God, 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 and, you, and you, you're convinced and your passions are in the right place, I got three words for you. Get over it. Does anybody trust God in the house tonight? God, I need, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. It's not coming. Get over it. God, I need it, I need it. God, I need it, I need it. No, you do not. You need me. I can stop right there. Get over it. Get over it. Just, if you don't get over it, you're going to get under it. And that want is going to take you to your deathbed. And instead of looking at life in the last seconds in your deathbed and saying, God, you have been faithful, you're saying, God, you have not given me everything. God, you've led me through all my life. You've kept me healthy. God, you've given me purpose. God, you've given me everything I needed. If you don't get over it, you'll get under it. And in your last breaths, you'll look at life and say, God, look what you did not do. Look what you did not give me. This in perspective is everything. You need to get over it. Number two, how to keep your passion pure. Submit your mind to God. Submit your mind to God. Submit your mind, your thoughts, what you think, your dreams, your visions, your goals. Submit them unto God. Romans 1 says, for this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. Listen, there's two ways to be taught a lesson. There's two ways. One, you see the mistakes of others, and you say, I'm not going to do it. My brother talked back to him, he got slapped. Uh -uh. 
Not today. <laughs> I like my face. Thank you. <laughs> two ways to learn. You can watch the mistakes of others. You can listen. That's not most of, a, of us sinful Christians, right? You know, no. We got to go through it to ourselves. And God allows you to go through things. And you've been, you've been, you've been taught that bad things are from the devil. What if bad things is actually God giving you up to your passions? He's been stopping you from following your passions in the wrong direction. But my God is so good, he can use a bad situation to turn your life around. So what he will do is, he will leave you in your wrong passions. For this reason, God gave them to their passions. He gave them into their passions. Common sense is, dude, if you're a good looking dude, you're going to probably get her, all right? God, God has probably been putting something in the way, right? But there comes a point when you're pushing, you're pushing, you're pushing, and God says, okay, there you go, go get her. And now two years later, you cannot move on. And now you're walking down the aisle, and all she sees, all you see is a person who's disappointed in you because of what you've done. And that first night of marriage is actually your third night doing whatever they're supposed to do. Because God gave you up to your passions. I don't want to be the type of Christian that has to be always God allowing me to do whatever I want to do. I want to step back and say, God, where do you want me? Take my mind. Take my mind. This is a crazy verse. It's a crazy part of the Bible. This is good theology right here. For their woman exchange natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. So women were doing stuff that women weren't created to do. Sounds like 2017, doesn't it? The men likewise gave up their natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for the error. You think homosexuality is demonic? No, 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 no. Homosexuality is passionate. It's just the wrong type of passion. You thought. Homosexuality, those are the most passionate people you ever meet. The passion comes to such a level that you turn your eyes. And you go away. And God allows this to happen. He allows it to happen because sometimes God needs to let you go what you need to go through. He needs to give you up to your passions. I love what Kevin said earlier because at the end of the day, your stomach will still be empty. And that hole that only God can fill will still be empty. You're filling it up with the wrong passions in life. And you're ending up worse now. This is crazy right here. I didn't even know that verse said that. I'm just playing. When Paul wrote, bad joke, I know. When Paul wrote passion in this verse in Romans, when he wrote passion, the root word in the Greek is pathos. And here's the definition. An affliction of the mind and the emotions. A feeling in which the mind suffers. This is the true context 
of the word passion. Now, do you see why to keep your passion pure, you need to submit your mind to God? Hear me tonight. Hear me tonight. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the power of this word, but be transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind. If you want to keep your passions pure, you need to allow God to renew and transform your mind. Here's why. Because if God has your mind, come on. If God has your mind, move on to the next point. If God has your mind, then he has your thoughts. If he has your thoughts, then he has your actions. If he has your actions, then he has your habits. If he has your habits, then he has your life. What starts off with the mind ends off in the life. What starts off with your thoughts ends off if you're going to heaven or if you're going to hell. It starts with the mind. And if you want your passion to be fully submitted to God, you need to submit this part to you first. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Everyone so far, you just trying to press refresh? Every day when you wake up in your first 15, press refresh on your mind. Refresh. Refresh. God, refresh my mind. I'm thinking about all the wrong things. Listen, you have passion. You just got it in the wrong place. You have passion because you love music. You have passion because you love art. You have passion because you love dudes and you love girls and you love social media. That's passion. It's just in the wrong place. God wants to take your passion. He wants to chop some things off and set you rolling in the right direction. Number two, you must give your mind to God. And number three, how do I keep my passion pure? You must crucify your flesh. Listen, death didn't stop when Jesus died. Death, crucifixion, that didn't end when Jesus died. Matter of fact, Jesus died so that we could die in here. Jesus made a way for you to get to heaven. Yes, he did. But listen, this thing called life, you can believe in Jesus, you can love Jesus, you can accept him as your personal savior, but if you do not die to yourself, like the verse said, you will give your passions up and you begin to sway around. The Bible says the road to destruction is wide and many will find it, but the road to eternal life is hidden and it's narrow and few will find it. There's like, what, eight billion people in the world? Like eight? And four billion claim to be Christian? That claim. Because you thought that saying yes to God was a verbal thing. But it's actually a heart thing. The Bible says confess to be saved. You must confess and what? And believe. Confess and believe. I love seeing hands go up. That's just confession. Are you believing? Is your heart in it too? Are you walking in things of God? Because if you are, listen, it looks like you're crucifying some things. It looks like you're giving some things up. It looks like the thing that wants to do what it wants to do is actually dying because Jesus died. 
says Galatians 5.24. And those who belong to Christ, Jesus, they crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. Listen, Jesus suffered death for us so that we will make the flesh suffer. Jesus took the cross so that you can take that victory and push it in your heart so that your passions are in line with what God wants you to do and where God wants you to go. The reason I call it passion fruit juice, here's why we call it passion fruit juice, the title tonight. You wanna know why it's called passion fruit juice? I want you to take all your passions and I want you to put them in a blender to make a juice out of it, is that going to taste good to God or what? You can take that off, Well, I want you to take all your passions, good and bad, and put them in a blender tonight. Is it going to taste like a good smoothie filled with fruits of the Spirit? Or would it not be pleasing to the taste buds of God? If you were to take all your passions good and bad, and put them in a blender, would it taste sweet and sour? Would they be good? Would it not be good? The goal of tonight is for you to realign your passions to the the passions that God wants for you. The goal of tonight is to remove all these different passions. And listen, when you remove a passion, the passion doesn't die. You're redirecting the passion to somewhere else. You used to be passionate for pornography, but now you're passionate for the Bible. You used to be, you cannot eliminate passion. You cannot destroy passion. You can only redirect it because it will always still be there. We are passionate people. God created us to worship. You wonder why the human anatomy is meant to walk forward. There's nothing in your body that is meant to walk backwards. Your body is meant to walk forward. Your body is created to to lift your hands. Your voice is created to project out praises and worship. We're created for this. You're created to worship. You're created for passion. So what tonight I want you to do in the spirit is take your passions, put them in a blender, and give it to God. Is it going to taste good? Is it going to be pleasing to his mouth? Or is it going to taste like Thanksgiving throw up? That is nasty. I want every head bow, every eye closed. I told you guys it was going to be a little little scary tonight. But listen, the only thing that's scared in this room is your flesh. That's, That's the battle of Christianity. You got your soul and your spirit that yearns for God and yearns for the things of God, and then you have something called the flesh, something called human nature that is so mad that you're about to take steps, redirecting your passion into a new direction. Before we do a call for salvation, every head bow, every eye closed, God is working on you right now. He's working on you right now. We preached it last week. The breath of God is in this room. The wind of God is in this room. 
shoot your hand up on the count of three. If you need some passion realignment, if you need to take some passions and push them towards the things of God, push them towards reading the Bible, putting those passions into your practice, if that's you tonight, you want to redirect every head by every eye closed. On the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand up. Ready? One, two, three. If you need redirection of passion all over this place, you can put your hands down. I want you guys to repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I give you everything of me. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Say, Jesus, I give you everything of me. Lord, I have passion, but I need to put it in the right direction. God, I'm going to start praying the right prayers. God, I want to give you my mind. God, I want to submit myself to you. Crucify anything that stands up against you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Can you guys make some noise tonight? You can do better than that. Can you make some noise?